If we go to Genesis chapter 35, I'm going to be pretty much camped out there. Yeah, we're going Old Testament, first book. How many know that the Word of God is ridiculously good, and there's realms of revelation and understanding? I, I'm telling you, Jacob, this whole scenario with Jacob and, and, and pouring oil <laughs> on an altar and the wine, we're, we're going to get into it. But there's something phenomenal that the Lord wants. Listen, how many know we live in amazing times right now? And, I, you know, I was talking to Collins in the back, and this is something that's been in my heart. Like, I was asking the Lord on the way here today, driving. I'm like, God, what is up? I feel like I'm in limbo. He said, don't be in limbo. It's time. You know it's time. And I'm telling you, listen, it's no longer time to wait for something else to happen now. Like, I, I feel like the whole world's waiting for an election. And I just want us to get an understanding that God's not done no matter what happens. So if, if the deep state takes over, <laughs> come on, somebody, come on, it's okay. I have Jesus. The church has, has Jesus as king, and it doesn't really matter, though I will tell you to go vote, and I will tell you to do what you're supposed to do, and I will tell you to pray and, and begin to just, uh, just radically seek the Lord and ask the Lord to do do what he needs to do in America right now at this hour. Yay. But God's not finished yet. God's just begun to do what he, he wants to do. He's, he's looking, his eyes are looking for those who are loyal in every single way. And I love this whole thing. Listen, we just need to press in and bear into the purity of heaven right now. Because I'm telling you, God's going to show, we'll, we'll see tonight, God wants to just totally eradicate any thinking that you have, even, even of the deep state and all this stuff. I'm telling you, it becomes an idol, it becomes something that gets, it clogs your mind to go forward in the spirit, it, gets, it begins to be something that brings a blockage to what God wants to do in this hour, and if we're, listen, God's not worried. He is not worried. I get two hands tonight. God's not worried. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is ready to rip and roar, and he's looking for a people that will step in. So, hon, I want you to, I want you to read out of the New King James. We're going to start in a minute. I got readers tonight. Come on, we're going old school. Where's Becca? Oh. Okay, so we're just going to start with verses 1 out of chapter 35, and I just want you to have a prophetic perspective tonight. Listen, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation reveals Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, before Jesus was even on the scene, it reveals the kingdom of God. And so we're, we're going to have a good time tonight. So just start reading, yeah, verses 1 through 7. Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, 
Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. What, what, read that verse again. Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel. And I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands and the earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree which was by Shechem. And they journeyed and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them. And they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And he built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. Yeah, amen. We're going we're gonna to talk about, listen, I'm just going to give you a little backdrop to the story, right? If we go back to Genesis 28, Genesis 28, how many know that Jacob had this massive, like, life-changing encounter? It's Genesis 28 where he sees a stairway that goes to heaven and angels ascending and descending, remember that? And so he has this encounter with, with the Lord in that place, in that place, and, and the Lord says, listen, and he, and he actually has another encounter later on, which he wrestles with God. Remember, so I'm just, I'm giving you history because everyone in this room has history with God. And if you don't, you will. And I'm telling you, God is calling us back to a place where God revives us in our hearts to the things that he's about to do in this hour. Listen, he wants to bring you back to a place where you encountered him. And I'm telling you right now in this room, every one of us, we've had, if you've had an encounter, God wants to bring you back to that place and extend that into another realm where God wants to speak to you again. I'm telling you right now, this is the hour for the church to come back around. And, and why? Are we reset yet? Come on. You sh shouldn't be shaking your head. No, I'm only kidding. No, I'm like people like, they don't know what to do. Are we reset yet? You should be reset in this hour. Listen, we've had, you got, you, we, we all but locked down for months. And now, come on, we've acted like there's been nothing going on in a sense. But I realize this, that God's saying, I want to bring you into a place where the Holy Spirit can speak to you afresh. He wants to bring you back to a place where you're ignited again in a place of covenant and remembering what God did. And he wants you to come to a place where he's going to transform and change you on the inside. How many know that when I got saved, the day I met Jesus, I wasn't completely sanctified? Come on, somebody. Are we all right? You can talk. You can interact tonight. Yes, no. I'm telling you, God, he's trying to sanctify the church. And I want to talk about purity tonight. It's going to be really good. Don't, we don't want to hide from that because God wants us to come with clean hands and a pure heart. He wants our hearts to be completely abandoned before him. And he wants to come in and burn everything out that doesn't look like him. Why? So that our perspectives aren't tainted. So that we don't see things through one glass when God's trying to get 
put the lenses of the kingdom on us and we've got all these other things coming at us. I'm going to slow down. Because there, there's a, a place where the Holy Spirit's trying to draw the entire church right now and he's looking for just one that would do it. I mean, would you be the one that would just be set apart right now? And, and, and I love this because it's just very, very clear. It's good preaching too. But it's very, very clear that God wants us to build a fresh altar today. And God wants our lives to go before the altar every, every morning that you wake up, that you go before him and commune with him. And there, there's, a, there's a power in communion. I'm not talking even about the the eating of the bread and the drinking of the wine. I'm talking about the power of meeting with Jesus and communing with the Spirit daily. Fellowship with the Spirit daily. And I'm telling you, he's trying to draw the church out of any place that we have idols. And I'm telling you right now, we can have idols of all our theories on how things are going to happen. If we're waiting for an election to help my bank account or to help me move ahead or to, or to, or to decide what the church is going to look like, listen, the Holy Spirit's trying to get a hold of you so that you're prepared in the day of his coming. I'm telling you, we're living in the last days. Evangelism is essential. Winning souls is essential. Why? Because there's people that are going to perish because they're getting sucked and whirled into all this stuff, and, and God's looking for a generation. He's drawing them, actually, into, into the darkness, whoa, so that we can snatch them. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you that we're living in an hour where there's a whole generation that's looking to jump on board with something that's going to be world-changing and, and wrecking, and, and something's going to shift, and we're going to do it in our generation. And what does that look like? It looks like God invading a people that will just go out and grab and love. Listen, I'm being tested in my love. Come on, I watch the news. I have a, I have a, I, come on, I have a blacklist. It's not good. No, this is why this is ministering to me tonight. Because the Holy Spirit, you know, there's so many things going on in the earth. I said to, I said to my daughter at the house, I said, I got a list of people I'd like to evaporate off the earth right now. Come on, tell me. Come on, I'm not the only one. I know it. Come on, there's people that are in high places that you'd just like to see. Come on, someone say that's not love. It's not love. It's not love. And I've been, I've been tested, so I have to go back to the Lord and say, I need to go build an altar in Bethel. <laughs> I got to go back to a place where I can pour out wine and pour out a drink offering and pour out the oil on an altar because he's looking for something. I just want to go through this again. It says, rise up, go to Bethel, dwell there and make an altar, right? And then he says this, put away the foreign gods from among you. Purify yourself and change your garments. Come on, man. That's good preaching right there. I, I'm, I'm going to hit those three, but I want you to see, listen, he's wanting to consecrate the entire household. Do you understand that he right now is purifying the church? Right now, right now, as we're sitting here, he's purifying you. The, 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 the fire from heaven has come into this place and is purifying your hearts in one way or another. Yeah. 
every week if you allow it. Sometimes we get in a place where we're, you know, we've got a seared conscience. And I'm not even talking about bad, weird things. I'm talking about like we get dull and our conscience is seared and things that used to bother us before, they don't bother us anymore. And so we, 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 we go back and forth and we kind of want to compromise and do certain things. And God's saying, no, I'm calling you to a place that's purified, completely pure. Because I'm telling you, listen to me, listen to me. The church of New England needs to come into this place. The church of America needs to come into this place where we're completely purified. You want to see power? You want to see anointing? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's going to move in great power and anointing in the midst of a purification process. Listen, he called the sons of Levi to be purified. I know it's Old Testament, but it's still true. It's still true. He's calling for a place where we come under the fire of the Holy Spirit, right? And he, it says that, that he wanted the entire household, the entire place. That means your neighbors. Come on, it means every church in New England purified. The entire house. I'm telling you, I know right now I'm only, I'm only ascribed to take care of this house, right? And whatever influence I have around my, my life. And that's where I bring a message, right? To purify ourselves, to get in a place where we're, we're positioned to receive the Holy Spirit in power so that he wrecks us. So listen, I'm, I'm weeping at the altar. And not, when was the last time you cried? I'm not saying it always has to happen with tears, but I'm telling you, God's wanting to bring us to a place of emotional wreck. <laughs> Come on, let it be, Jesus. Let us be in a place where you can mess us up and we, it doesn't matter what we look like, that you would just do it, God, and you'd purify the, the house of, of God. And so he says this, he, he says this, he says, put away the things that, like we need to, put away the things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Right? Remember that from Corinthians. That's the high places. Do you know that there was only two kings in the whole entire Old Testament that took down the high places? Only two. One was Josiah, and we want to model our ministries after Josiah, and Hezekiah. And they were the only two. The other ones did evil in the sight of the Lord, but they never, they did good in sight of the Lord, but they never took down the high places. And I'm telling you, God is after every high place. I'm telling you, the way we think sometimes is a high place. If you can't change your thinking, if you can't morph your thinking, if you can't be transformed, and that's that picture of a, of a butterfly, right? We know, we know the, the example of transformation, right? It's, it's, the, it's the caterpillar, goes up to the cocoon, and becomes what? Muck. That's really what happens in the cocoon. They become nothing. You know that, right? Like, this is, this is biology, that they become just goo, and then they're reformed. And here's what God's trying to do. He's trying to hide us in a secret place so that our lives can become, we have the ability to fly now, right? It's a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in your life. But I'm telling you tonight that he is after the whole entire body, bringing us into a place where we are not denied of one thing, 
Do you know he wants to give good gifts to every one of us? He wants to pour out his spirit like never before, and he's just looking for a place to land every week we, we gather, every, every conference we host, every event we go to. He's looking for a people that will just give themselves completely over and yield to the, to the things of the spirit so that, what? So that our lives are completely, we're flying in Jesus. Like there's no holding back. And I'm telling you this place uh, is where he wants to bring us. So our weapons aren't carnal, right? But they cast down all arguments, right? So there's two things I want you to see. It's the things that they held on to. Come on, go back with me. It says, and they gave Jacob, verse 4, all the foreign gods which were in their hands. Things that we don't want to let go of. Things that God's trying to get after that we don't want to let go of. And I thought it was interesting. And the earrings, things that are hanging around our ears, speaking to us, always influencing our minds, all these things have, have an effect on how we approach heaven. Come on, somebody. If I'm preaching good, you can tell me. I'm telling you, there's, there's some places that we're, we're hearing things that the Holy Spirit is not speaking. We're hearing them from a place of idols. We're hearing them because they're a high place that God's trying to pull down and he's trying to pull it out of the atmosphere of your mind. And so the Spirit of God says tonight that I'm going to pull those things down if you'll just give them to me. And I'm telling you, sometimes we have to take an account, right? Come on, I'm not, I'm not bashing stuff. I'm, I'm Listen, I'm preaching at myself tonight because, listen, I get clouded because of, come on, what people need. You know, it's crazy trying to, Go hide away. I think about the 7,000 or the seven things I didn't do. I'm calling my wife with like, can you pay that bill? Can you, you know, trying to just get free of, decompress from everything else. I'm telling you, we're in a good place. Just let it go. Just let it go. And some of the things we have to take care of, come on. But some of the things you need to just let go, decompress, let them go so that God can bring the new. I'm telling you, God's trying to speak loud, but we've got other noises, other earrings, things that are ringing in our ears. Come on, there's a, there's a, there's a worldly, what is that? Tonight, tonight, what is it? Tinnitus. That wants to, there's a ringing in your ears that God's trying to take care of, and there's the, the Holy Spirit wants to ring loud. He wants to ring freedom. He wants to ring power. He wants to ring the voice and the knowledge of the kingdom in your ear in this hour. It's good. It's good. So he wants to cast down. He wants to push away everything that is disobedient to heaven. All-consuming fire. <laughs> You're my one desire. My one desire is him, that the burning of God would come, that I might be transformed and I might be loosed from everything that holds me back, that holds me in this place where I can't see what God's saying and I can't hear what God's saying because I've got things I don't want to let go of. Come on, everyone can just go like this, let go. I mean, you can do it as prophetic. I, I'm telling you, you just let go of the things that, God, I don't want to hold these things. And I know there might be mindsets and they might even be idols. And God wants to trash every idol, right? It's, 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 it's the, the generation 
of Jacob that has no idols, right? That they're broken. So, but it's crazy because think about it. Think about it back when Jacob had his first encounter. He just, he had not even met God. And he's laying in a field with a pillow that's a rock resting on Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on, and then the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God began to descend and ascend and angels, and don't you want to live in that place? And so he had to go back to that, and he went through the wrestling and was renamed, but he didn't really receive his name till this point right here. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to show you why. He didn't really, he was called. He had to wrestle and he said, I'm changing your name today, but he didn't receive the name until here. And it's because of covenant. And it's because of Jesus Christ being the, the rock and the blood and the oil being spilled. And there was covenant released in that time. So purity prepares the bride to deeper intimacy. Like no other time, Purity needs to be priority. I'm telling, I'm speaking to myself. Like no other time, we need to purify our hearts so that the King of Glory can come flying in. But just, you know, the. Just First John, remember, beloved, now we are children of God, and it's not yet, it has not been revealed what we shall be, but we know when he is revealed that we shall be like him, for we shall be, for we shall see him as he is. Anyone who has this hope in him purifies what himself, just as he is pure. So the, here's the key. The closer I come to Jesus, the more I press into heaven, not straining, God's given you this grace because you have open access by faith. Romans tells me this, right, that I have access to God by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews tells you the same thing, that I don't have to stress and strain. You go before the Lord God and you see him and you behold him and you can't do anything else but be transformed. Because when I see him, I get... He, he melts my heart. Everything that is, a, is a, a barrier should come down. When I behold him, when I see him, and listen, I'm, I'm looking to see him more and more, but I, in the few encounters that I've had with him, I've all, you, everything goes. I got, no, I got nothing. I can't say anything. I have no words. I have no excuse. I have nothing. It's just me and him, and, and he sees my heart because the word takes, looks right into my heart. The living word beholds my heart, and I behold his, and when I behold his heart, then everything has to go. I can't hold on to anything. I, it's just like those, right, those idols, I just take them. I don't want them. I surrender them. And come on, God brings us through process after process. We behold and we release. We behold and we release. And God brings us into this purified state where the power and the anointing that flows on your life is going to be like you've never experienced before. It's for the church 
as a whole. It's not just for one. Titus 2.14, who gave himself, Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous, zealous for good works. So here's, here's the tension, right? I get blasted by Jesus. Come on, because I'm, I'm his special, I'm his special one. I'm the one he's been looking for. He, you're the one he's been looking for. His whole life, you're the one he's been looking for. All of eternity, he's just been looking for you. It's amazing, because everyone in this room can say that. If you look in the mirror, you can say that. God, you've been looking for me all day, all morning. You've been looking for me. I know I woke up late. I know you've been looking for me, though. I'm telling you, it's the beauty of Jesus and his love for us. And he, he loves us so much. You are special. You've been given this grace to be his best friend. It's just awesome. It's like nothing you have to do. You just have to be. I know I talked about merits last week. And there are good works, right? Because that goes right here. Zealous for good works. See, what happens is when I fall completely in love with Jesus, yeah, I could just stay there. But God wants to ignite your heart so you step into something and you begin to do amazing things for the kingdom. Right? So it's not Mary, just Mary. It's Mary and then you get into Martha. But you don't live as Martha. And you always go back to his feet and you're always pouring oil on his feet and you're always washing his feet. There has to be that. And then the third thing is we, we need to be put on the new. How many want to put on the new? You are a new creation. And God's made you into a brand new man, whether you feel it or not. It's funny. Sometimes we come into service <laughs> and you're just not feeling it. Come on, team, everyone. You're just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it, man. Come on, ask my daughter. I know. I go through the same thing. So listen, that's why I say, that's why I encourage everyone, just pray before you come. Baptize the pastor with fire. Baptize the worship with fire. Baptize everyone in that place with fire. Just one prayer. Just give me one. Come on, it ends up being like 50 by the time it's done. Come on. So then we can't duck, we can't duck what God's about to do. You understand what I'm saying? So here's the place. God wants to purify us, but he wants you to put on the brand new man. He wants you to live like you've been called to be a brand new man. He wants you to live like you are a new creation. Because when you, hit, when you were baptized in water, my God, the dead, you, you're dead. You're gone. There's nothing else. You've been buried. Stop trying to dig them up. You understand me? Because we're trying, this is the problem. We're all trying to dig up the old man. God wants you to leave him in the ground. Come on and rise up. So we want to be clothed with Christ, right? Because your spirit actually earnestly grows. Paul's, Paul's amazing. You, 
you just, if you get lost in, in the epistles, he, he'll just, you know, if you just meditate, <laughs> I'm telling you, the groaning of your inner man. I, I know it says to be desired to be clothed with the habitation of heaven. That doesn't mean I want to hit the ejection button and go to heaven. That's it. I'm done. Come on. You're not clocking in, clocking out. You can have heaven now. You should be walking in heaven now with heavenly things happening around you. I love when I encounter all kinds of crazy stuff because I want the spirit of revelation on my life. And we want the spirit of revelation, but we want to still hold on to the idols and we don't want to be clothed with the new man. Mm. Come on, you're going to give it, give it again. I'll leave him, I'll leave him. I'll take, give him up. Take the earrings out. I'm not listening. Right? But we've been given this crazy honor. Like, I get, we get to wear heaven. Oh, man. You've been given an honor and a privilege to house the Holy Ghost. Come on, charismatic Pentecostal church. I'm, we've been given the honor to house the Holy Ghost inside of just you. Inside of you alone. Never mind the other 50, right? I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is calling us to a place where we don't take any of that for granted. If we always honor the Holy Spirit, come on, the, you just begin to glow. No, I'm telling you, the more I honor Jesus, the more I live in Jesus, the more I acknowledge Jesus, the more I am aware of Jesus, the more he shows up. The more he will show up. I promise you. Because this is the deal. The new man was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. True righteousness and holiness. Not righteousness I can do on my own, but true righteousness and true holiness. The real deal. Holy field. <laughs> Who said that? Someone said that. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. It's the real deal. Because you get the real thing. Listen, you've not been given a substance that's, you know, knockoff, you know, easies or something. You understand what I'm saying? You know, it's funny, when I, when I first bought my first pair of Ultra Boosts, this is totally off subject, but no, it's, it's, it is, actually, it's good. You know, my son and Pika, they were in the, remember, they like, I bought, they were coming from China, because I couldn't find any black, black ones. So I bought these sneakers, and they came, took them forever and a day to get here, and then they're like, these can't be real. They came from China. I'm like, who do you think made these Adidas? Like, they're real. Put them on. You float. Do you understand what I'm saying? You haven't been given a knockoff. You know, the Louis Vuitton things that don't hold up as well, you know. It's like, come on, ladies. I like that bag, but it seems to be falling apart. Almost looks good. Good for a while. For the first couple weeks, <laughs> then it starts looking funky. 
You understand what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. It's good. It's good. So we've been, we've been built and been given according to the true righteousness and the true spirit of holiness, right? And so you were created to put on righteousness, humility, healing, meekness. There's a list. You've been created to put on righteousness. You've been created to put on justice. You've been created to put on the fullness of who he is. You've been created to be mantled with all of who God is. Come on, the one that you, you come in complete, utter attraction and love and you can't help but be with, always. Be created to put him on. In all humility, right? And in that, we put on the Lord Jesus and we make no provision for the flesh. Oh, come on, that's refreshing. That should be refreshing. When you put on the new man, you make, it makes no provision for thoughts that are flesh, thought, thoughts that are going to pull you away from God. You put on Christ every day. Remember, we talked about the armor. We talked about powering up. The Holy Spirit wants us to live in true power and the, the life of Christ revealed inside of you. No, no, we live in humility and meekness, yes, not in pride and arrogance. No, that, that repels the Spirit of God, but humility and meekness attracts God. Like, God, I'm, I, I don't know anything. Just come and visit me. I don't even know how to find you, but will you come and visit me tonight? God, I need a new, a new era of, of, of life inside of you, and I need to come into a, a new reality of you. I don't know how to do it, but you know how. He does know how, and you don't need to know how. You just need to be available and just meek and humble and allow your spirit man to be open. That's why every idol gets in the way. Idols get in the way. Those things that hold us back from stepping into the fullness of Christ, those things that rise up against the knowledge of God and talk you out of the things of the spirit that God wants for your life, they actually taunt you, and God wants to break that over your life. There's a baptism of faith that God's about to pour onto the church, and we need to be ready for it because there's, there is. There's a fullness of faith coming that you can do anything. Come on. It's not just a nice scripture verse for your refrigerator that you can do all things for Christ. It's not. It's something that the Holy Spirit wants us to live and move out of and not talk about and be as good, some type of you know, good illustration on Sundays or, or Wednesdays or whenever we gather. You understand what I'm saying? It, it, it needs to become a reality in what we're doing every day. So therefore, ready? I'm going to read out of Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in futility of mind. It's verse 17 I started with, sorry. Having their understanding what? Darkened. And being alienated from the life of God. Did you hear that? That is crazy. If we can get that reality in our lives where we're not, our understanding isn't darkened, why do we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation? Because our understanding's darkened. It's because we can't see things by the spirit. We're always trying to figure it out. 
And God's saying, no, that alienates you from me. I'm coming in power and you need to be open and wide open and anything that's darkened needs to be brought to light so that I can shine in and burn out everything and the purity of heaven will come in and you'll move in ways and you'll encounter me in ways that you've never, never, ever before. So because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart, do you see all that? Why do I need? I need, I need the spirit of wisdom and revelation to what? To open up my heart so that I can see, right? Who being, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all, to work all uncleanly, uncleanliness and greediness, but you have not learned so in Christ. If indeed you have heard him, you've been taught by him, as Jesus, as truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to what? Deceitful lusts. You know, that doesn't even have to be, you know, whatever you put as gross and lewd. It can just be deceitful lusts. We can lust after money. We can lust after ministry. Oh, ministry. Oh. We can lust after all kinds of things and it not be God's desire for you in that moment. It's a deceitful lust. Being renewed in, your, in the spirit of your mind that you what? Put on the new man. Created according to God in true righteousness and holiness, right? Now, it says this because what, there's things that want to bring us into deceitfulness, right? It said in Timothy, right? It says now the spirit... Ex expressly says that in a lot of times they'll be departing from the faith, right? Gaining, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, right? So there's, there can be doctrines of demons in church. <gasps> so we need to indulge. Listen, don't, you need to Eat the word of God. You need to know what you're reading, and you need to understand what you're reading. That's why this, all this darkness has to go, so that wisdom, revelation, understanding comes to your life, so that when you're listening to your favorite person on YouTube who might be a hyper-grace teacher, I'm all into grace, and I love grace, but there's a lot of hyper-grace garbage that's flying, and it, just, it really just pulls you into the lust of the flesh, because it's all okay. It's all okay. God's not playing anymore. I promise you. God is not playing. That doesn't mean, you know, that does mean, yeah, walk in the fear of the Lord, but God is not playing. He wants us to live in truth. He wants us to live in the light. He wants the spirit of truth to be on us and live in us and move us into so, such a, a brand new realm of the Holy Spirit. So, Becca, are you going to help me? I need you to do verse 9 through 15 of, uh, no, sorry, Genesis. You weren't here for the beginning. You were in the back room having conference. I love her. I know what happens. The worship team goes in back. They have a little powwow, and then they come back out here. Yep. They talk. They have a powwow. It's a powwow. Shouldn't be embarrassed. It's all family. So 9 through 15. 
And then God appeared to Jacob again. And when he came from Paradam Ram and blessed him, God said to him, you, your name is Jacob and your name shall not, sorry, your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. Also God said to him, I am the God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. The, la the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, I give to you and to your descendants, and after you I give this land. And then God went up from him in this place where he talked with him. Oh, more. sorry. Fourteen. So Jacob set up a pillar in this place where he talked with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. And Jacob called the name, called the name of the place where God spoke with him, Bethel. Amen. Yeah. So here, I just want you to look at a few things, right? Your name is called Jacob. You'll no longer be called any, you won't be called Jacob anymore. You'll be called Israel. Right? So he took his name and shifted it at this point. So this is what? Not only his first encounter in Scripture, we see it's his second. Now it's his third encounter, that massive encounter that we see happen. So God comes in on the third time and solidifies everything. That's, that's also the Trinity that there's, there's something with the, all, all into that. But I just want, I want you to look at a couple things. He said, I'm God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. Wow, it sounds like Adam's first thing that, that he spoke to Adam, right? Be fruitful, mul multiply, cover the whole earth. Then he said the same thing to his father Abraham. So he's getting a renewal of the covenant. So he's receiving what was already done in, in times past, and God's multiplying. And now he's saying, he's adding, he's adding, he said, now, now there'll be kings that'll come from your body. There'll be dominions that come from your body. He's adding revelation. Ready? So God went up from this place went up from him in this place where he talked with him. Now, I just want you to stop and think. God called him to this place. The idols were released. Actually, they were buried under a tree. They were buried under a tree. And the Spirit of God began to speak to him plainly. How many want God to speak to you just plainly? And listen, I, there's this whole thing I feel right now, like we need to quench the noise of this earth. I'm telling you, it took me 45 minutes to walk far enough from traffic not to hear cars going by on a rail trail up in the middle of the woods. 45 minutes before I could not hear. Now I can hear nothing except the animals in the woods. Listen. God's calling us to take a walk with him and to hear his voice. Because I'm asking you right now tonight, what, what sound is louder? Is the sound of the earth and what's going on and, you know, election and COVID and monetary disaster? Come on, if, 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 there's, if there's a financial collapse, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> Come on, if there's a financial collapse, you have one thing, him. And so you better learn his voice. We better learn his voice in this hour.
Am I prophesying things? No, no, I'm believing things are going to turn a certain way. But I can't, I cannot focus my prayers on that. I'm not trying to manipulate what's happening. I'm praying in, in accordance to what God wants to see in America, yes. But I'm not hinging my financial prosperity on that. I'm not hinging any other thing on that. My focus is Jesus. My focus is hearing his voice. My focus is knowing him in a better way. My focus is purifying my heart so that the power of the Holy Spirit can come on me so that when people are dying, if that's the case, that you go in just like John G. Lake did and walk in and you begin to lay hands on people in the midst of plagues and they rise from the dead. This is what I'm talking about tonight. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be in a place where we're positioned to hear. You're hearing clearly. You don't need me. Hello, I love you, but you don't need me to hear Jesus. That's messed up and twisted. I know, I'm getting strong, but it's true. Like, you don't need me. You don't need your favorite prophet on YouTube to give you the 2021 prophecy. Because 2020 is gone. <laughs> we wished it never happened, I know. Can we just skip and replay? Yes. But you understand where I'm at. And I want you to be in a place where you're strong and running with God and not dependent upon anything else. Yes, we have community. Yes, we, we gather together for, for, for all the things that we do, for prayer, for evangelism, for whatever it is. But to release the kingdom and to have a powerful, glorious time together worshiping the king that you're already tuned into the spirit, that when I speak things, it resonates in your heart, that when, I, when, when I'm declaring something or prophesying something to you, it's something God already spoke to you anyway. And I love it when people come in and out of here and they're like, you just read my mail for the week. I'm like, good. But I don't need the attaboy. I, I, no, I appreciate it. Don't, don't say it. You know, I don't mean like that. You know what I mean? I appreciate it. I do, but I... I shouldn't gain, right, approval, and nor should you. And so God's trying to get us positioned so that everything is Jesus' kingdom. We love one another. Community's thriving and moving, and God's moving in, in powerful ways because you don't, listen, whatever's coming down the pike, God's saying, Matthew 25, get your oil ready. Get ready. And it's okay if you're even taking a nap. You can get up and you'll be full of oil. Come on. But I just see these things. It's crazy. So, so there's this, this sacrifice. There's what, what happens here is God, he, Jacob gets to this place and he, he sets a pillar in the place where he talked with him. And he takes and he pours out a drink offering. Ready? Because this is good. You guys are going to really want this. There's, a, there's something about the, the thing of first mention in Scripture. It's the first mentioning of a drink offering being poured on an, on an altar. What is I was like, what is even a, you know, I've been studying Scripture for a long time. I'm like, what is even a drink offering? It can be done, it's two ways. It can be blood. It can be wine. It's set, the priest began to do it in the tabernacle it was a drink offering. It was the pouring of the blood of Jesus and the oil of the anointing. 
And God wants you to be covered with these things. So first mention is the, is the subject of a truth, right? <laughs> it's a subject that stands connected in the mind of God. Can I say that? God has a mind. You have the mind of Christ. God wants you to understand something on that. So when the drink offering is first mentioned, it's like there's three things. It's Jacob, right? It's first recorded, and we see that he changed his name in this spot. Because of the blood, because of the wine, because of the communion with God. Are you hearing me tonight? Because of communion with God, he received his name change for good. It was like, boom. That's it. You will end and gave birth to the last son in the lineage. Benjamin. But we see this. Jesus said it, it was instituted. He instituted the new covenant. He picked up the wine, right? He said, this cup is, is poured out to you in the new covenant of my blood. And I'm just saying this tonight for you, that the Holy Spirit wants us to take communion and understand that we are, we are gathered together in one place. And when you pour out those things on the altar, I feel like I have to, now nah, I need another hike. I'm bringing wine and oil with me. I'm, I'm feeling it. Whatever, grape juice. I could bring blood, but that would be, be a little crazy. But you understand what I'm saying. Jesus fulfilled the need of a drink offering. His blood literally is poured out when the soldier stabbed him. And what does it say? Blood and water poured out. Come on, he, it was finished. And I'm telling you, God is giving us a picture here of the finished work of Christ. Even to Jacob, he gave this picture of the finished work. It's done. Your lineage will go on. The seed of David will come out of Judah. All these promises, the kings, all these things came to fruition. In that moment, it all came together because of covenant and because of covenanting with God once again. And so Paul, Paul said it like this. You remember, come on, he said, I'm being poured out like a, what? A drink offering. He wants our lives to be poured out like a drink offering. Jesus gave his life fully to us so that we could give our lives totally to him. So that I didn't hold one thing back, that my life was a drink offering. It will be a drink offering poured out to him. So that he can do whatever he needs to do through me and through you and through everyone in this room. Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read it out. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence only, but now and as much in my absence, work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Come on, I receive. <laughs> that you may become blameless and harmless 
children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. He's saying all this, holding fast to the word of life, that you may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. You're never laboring in vain. Whatever you're doing is never in vain. Yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and I rejoice with, all, with you all. And then he says it again in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 6 says, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is of, at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, I have laid up a crown of righteousness, crown for me, the right, the right crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but those who have loved his appearing. Listen, the Lord is wanting you to understand that he's, when we come before him and we rebuild an altar and we come to him in this place where God was saying, God, we give you every idol. Maybe you better help me, Tori, or whoever's helping. God's flowing. Can I say this? That the oil is God flowing like the Father. Well, they're the same. The Holy Spirit and the Father are the same. God's flowing like a father. God's flowing. It's the oil from heaven being released to you now. And Jesus Christ, who is what? The stone that the builders rejected. How's he coming to earth? He already came to earth, but he's coming to earth through you. And he will come again in the second coming. But right now, it's God coming through a people that are sanctified, that are given forth, that have built an altar. And I'm, 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 I'm telling you tonight that God's not finished. What does that mean? That means we need to prepare for what's ahead. And I feel like we're always in the constant preparation period. Like I feel like it never stops. But I do know that we don't need to stay what's next because everything's right before us. You don't have to wait till November 6th. Is that a marking point? Who dictates that? Righteous government. Maybe righteous government. Because Donald Trump isn't your savior. I like him. But he's not your savior. There has to be a place where we go back to Bethel. I'm not talking about Reading. talking about going back to the place where God breaks bread with you 
and God communes with you and God begins to unfold your future and he begins to declare your lineage and he begins to put all the things that maybe have been, maybe have been out of sorts for a bit but now he brings it all into one and shows you, he reveals himself in such a way and says here and now I'm pouring out my spirit the Holy Spirit is being poured out what? through the blood, the cleansing the cleansing flow, the drink offering. It cleanses us. It washes us clean. It gives us access. And the Holy Spirit's poured out in the same time. Right? The Spirit, the oil. And the oil gives us this, the, the outpouring of the oil is what we need in this hour. We, we don't need anything else. You need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your life. You need communion with Jesus in your life. You don't need anything else. And you need to hear him clearly. And then it says this in verse 16. It says, Then they journeyed from Bethel. And there was, there was but a little distance to go before Ephrath. Rachel labored with, in childbirth. And she had hard labor. And now it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said to her, Don't fear. You'll have a you will have this son also. And so it was as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrows. But his father, Israel, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Bethlehem, is which, which is where it was. And Jacob set the pillar on her grave, which is the pillar that was on the grave to this day. What am I saying tonight? All these things culminated. Jacob, you can put yourself in Jacob's spot brought himself to rebuild an altar once again and pour out on that altar. And in those moments, there was sorrow and there was promise. And so many times God brings sorrow and promise as a convergence. Sometimes we don't understand what's happening. Sometimes we don't even see what's happening. But the pain of what you thought was being birthed in the last season, God wants to birth the promise of that in this season. And I'm telling you, God is doing something in the earth right now if the church would just wake up. I say it every week. If we would just wake up, awaken to the reality of what he's doing in this hour and see our promise. The son of the right, the sonship, the, the one that's walking right beside you, the one who's always near you, the one who, Jesus, always walking, the comforter, again, walking with us, the one who walks alongside of us, always there, never missing a beat, always, always, always pulling us into a fresh new encounter with him. So we're going to give him everything tonight, right? We're just going to lay it out. 
And I believe it's a place of consecration tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to have a, wants you to have a divine encounter tonight. It's not just because I'm done. It's because every night he wants you to have a, an encounter with him. There's a place of encounter that God is calling the church once again. And it doesn't matter what you experienced the last time. He wants to bring it into a whole new level this time. So don't step back. Don't brush it off. Just go into it and embrace it. And I'm telling you, it may come out of a season of sorrow. It may come in a place where he wants to move you into this incredible reality of sonship that God, whatever I'm asking of you, you want to give me the nations. You want to fulfill all your promises in me. doesn't matter what's going on outside there. Is everyone all right? I'm telling you, this is the truth. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to meet you in such a way that he wants to eradicate the idols and move all that aside and break off all the, all the things you were hearing in the past to move you straight into your future. You hear me? God's not ever done. And he's definitely not done yet. So stand with me. Come on. somewhere he wants to bring you tonight. I know it's, I don't even know what time it is. So just begin to worship him in, inside, right? Right in your inner man. And I want you to just see the Holy Spirit wants to release to you this place of encounter. But Lord, we thank you tonight. We leave every idol, everything that gets in the way. We leave, we take it, we take a, we cut down every high place that sets itself against the knowledge of you and the knowledge of your glory.